recording. Hi. Hello. It's yeah. a secret cousin episode. Yes, what you've all been waiting for. <laughs> I do the exist. Everybody wanted to hear our Ghostbuster cousin episode, and here it is. Yeah, exactly. I, I do exist. I'm not fake. I know. I was wondering if people thought we were making you up this whole time. Fake news. But uh, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, right, secret cousin, non-existing cousin. Who's a Ghostbuster. This Who's sounds a- like a fan fiction that you guys made up. <laughs> We're just like, she's real. Yeah, we named her Brenda. I mean, her name is Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a Ghostbuster, original OC, do not steal. <laughs> OG Ghostbuster. Yeah. So, yeah, do you want to give yourself a brief introduction? Well, my name is actually on my birth certificate, Secret Ghostbuster Cousin. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Told you, everybody. Yeah. How and how I turned into the secret cousin is actually somebody named Andrea decided to go to a festival with me about two years ago. We were actually co-workers, and um, so at the fair, um, after someone named Andrea decided to go to the zombie bar, where I said, "Don't do it, man. They actually just give you moonshine. Disguise it." <laughs> Don't do it. She's like, oh, it'll be fine. No. So somebody was you, <laughs> somebody was hanging over a bucket the next day. and we did, It wasn't me. I didn't puke, I swear. Well, it wasn't. I feel like that's a lie. I feel like that's Aaron a puked. Lie. Aaron, Aaron puked in our water bucket that was supposed to be used for, like, brushing teeth. But didn't you guys go and puke in another bucket that was somebody else's that we're not going to mention, which was awesome, by the way? I think Aaron did, yeah. Yeah, he, he he puked in all the buckets. So if I hadn't, if I had puked, I wouldn't have been as wasted as I was. Oh. But I held it all down. Moonshine just doesn't do the body good. And no. so that's, no. so as we're hanging out there, her looking like death warmed over. Um, mm. We started talking about what we were doing following weekend, and I'm like, yeah, I have to run up to here because you know we'll see my mom. And she's like, wait a minute, my grandma lives there. And I'm like, uh oh. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> and so, oh, so started, I'm like, oh no, like, cause my dad was a little bit of a man whore before he married my mom. So I always have in the back of my head, did he like sleep with her or were they just, you know, or maybe they just knew each other. I have no idea. So I text my mom and actually we are related and I'm like, oh, this sucks. So now I not only have to take care of you, like basic take care of you cause you're a coworker and you were covering for me for vacation the following <laughs> week, but now I actually, your family. So I have to really take care of you. Well, yeah. damn. Yeah. How it goes. And Andrea needs <laughs> a lot of a lot of care. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think she hit the bar, that zombie bar the next night, too. Let me tell you. You, you, you were very fun to camp mm. with. Let's just say that. Thank you. Jeez, I wish I'd gone there. I was, so was many empties. So many empties. So many empties. We, we did. We went through a lot. Of... <laughs> and yet the emptiness inside you was not filled. <laughs> it wasn't. As much um, hard iced tea as I poured down my throat. That whole remained. Yeah. <laughs> the whole remained. So we also have a um, a podcast to introduce briefly, and then we'll get on to the actual episode, and it'll be fun. Yes. But yeah, so there's this awesome podcast. It's called Haunted Ride, yep. the par- uh, paranormal podcast. So basically they talk about their personal experiences, um, their personal paranormal experiences, so that, you know, people who have had these experiences and people are like, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> you know, you can listen to it and feel more validated. Yeah, feel vindicated. Feel and like, she has yes, an awesome voice. It's really, yeah, it's really, she has such a good voice. It's such a great voice. Yeah, she you're sounds like love. she should be a singer. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know her personally <laughs> that yeah. well, but um, it's a great podcast. I definitely recommend listening to it. Yeah, and so listen to Haunted Ride. Here it is. Hi, I'm Melissa Cummins from The Haunted Ride, a paranormal podcast dedicated to you and your experiences. I know what it's like to have something happen to you that's unexplainable, and how it feels to want to tell someone but you're concerned they may think you're crazy. Whether it's a disembodied voice, an apparition, or something you just can't explain, this is your place to share it. So come tune in with me every week while we discuss anything and everything that falls into our paranormal and supernatural world. Because ghosts are out there, and if you're not careful, they will get you. Um, I have an email, Uh, but they didn't give their name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, ducks in my books is what they go by. Okay. Yes. So they said it was multiple events. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to share a story that personally scared 
me a shit ton when I was younger. It was multiple events. So I stayed up late at some point and my mom told me to go to bed. As I was on my way to my room, I heard creepy noises coming from my room and ran back into the living room. It sounded like mechanic sounds, but including like little people talking. And yes, I did have a lot of toys in my room. (laughs) So I just fell asleep on the couch and let my mom magically teleport me to my room. Now in my dream, in brackets, nightmare, I was watching my favorite aunt get dropped into the fiery pits of hell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or in my younger interpretation, a cauldron with lava in it. Wow. While God was saying, I'm sorry. Literally the scariest shit I've ever experienced. Then I wake up the next morning and watch a movie with my mom. An African horror horror movie, sort of. Then go outside and see the monster in the movie ascending from the sky. I scream my lungs out and run back home and I don't remember anything else. What? Yeah. Wow. I read that and I was like, seriously? Oh, wow. wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's quite the experience. I, I like the whole, like, God saying I'm sorry. Yeah, that is creepy. And this would be, like... That's interesting. Like, that story kind of fits with the the Haunted Ride podcast. That yeah, promo Because, like, it's, like, experiences like that where you're, like... Um, yeah, where it's paranormal. This happened to me, too, but nobody would believe me if I told them. Well, I believe. <laughs> I very much believe, so... <laughs> Well, the way I see it, it's actually is, do you really think that everyone knows everything that has ever happened per se, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we can't, you can't prove or disprove. So why, why do people just automatically jump to, no, that can't happen. Well, just because it's not your little box doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yeah, because exactly. before, there, like before many scientific advances, we thought a lot of things couldn't happen. Exactly. Yeah, like people thought illness was caused by like too much melancholy in the blood. Like, yeah, like uh, spir- like uh, what was it? What spirits they of the spirits? wind that were out of balance. Bring what out was the, the leeches. Bile. Yeah, leeches. Yeah, yeah. Leeches solved everything. Yeah, leeches <laughs> yeah. sucked out that horrible, the bad blood. Yeah. And the leeches were benefiting because they're like, actually, we're just sucking out all the blood and it's great. Yeah, they're just like, thank you for the snack. Let's keep yeah. going with this rumor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the leeches keep it alive. Yeah, they're, they're like, just like Twitter posts like, did you guys know? Blood. But don't worry, I'm getting it all. <laughs> yeah, they have slurp, like a slurp, Twitter slurp. account like <laughs> medical advice from leeches. <laughs> we can take out your bad blood and leave the good one. Dr. Yeah. Leech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, which is pretty much all doctors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Oh, and the um, email ended with, "Anyways, love you guys, and we, we love, love you, you too." too. <laughs> yeah, we said that at the same time, so you know it's real. Yeah, <laughs> only when when it's in unison is it true. That's true love. <laughs> <laughs> You've experienced it, ducks. <laughs> but yeah, so secret cousin Ghostbuster Brenda, you should start us off with what you got yes you i'm got. excited for this Me oh too. well actually i chose this case specifically for a reason um how i became a secret cousin both the ghostbuster piece um, <laughs> um years ago i was working for an internet company and they had three different shifts being day noon and early evening and when yeah. you when you have the afternoon or evening shift um, basically, there was absolutely nothing to do, so they said, go ahead and surf the, the net away. So I tripped onto this site, the Ontario Ghost and Haunting Society, which had some incredible stories, if you want to go check the site out, about yeah. everywhere in Ontario um, that has ghost stories and things like that. And by one day when I clicked on it, they actually said, we're looking for two field researchers. So here's what we're going to do. You take this online course that'll take half an hour of your time and write a thousand word essay and we'll give you course credit. And I'm like, done. I would free, do it. Free yeah. course credit? I didn't expect to actually go and somebody to necessarily read it. So um, mm-hmm. what they did is you do the little course and actually what I'm talking about today is what the essay was on, which is the Black Donnellys. Oh. Ooh. Yes. And um, so when I submitted it, I then got an email like two days later and they offered me a position. I'm like, well, hello, do I get business cards? And they're like, yes. I'm like, done. <laughs> <laughs> that Does is it the have selling a watermark? Point. <laughs> <laughs> I can pass these to my friends. So yeah, that's how I actually became part of the team. Um, and so, a Ghostbuster. I know. So the Black Donnellys actually is a very famous case out of Ontario. Um, and it's very well known, which you'll see for a while. It's actually part of Canadian folklore at this point. Mm. Uh, so to start, it actually starts with a husband and wife, James and Joanna Donnelly, who married in Ireland in 1840. And then they immigrated to Canada with their young son, James Jr. 
The Donnellys hoped to establish a homestead for themselves and their seven other children that were born in Canada near London, Ontario. That's too many children. That's, a, that's like a <laughs> This is scary already. Six and a half is fine, but if you step over that line. <laughs> you know there's a problem when you have seven kids. So like many Ontario communities at that time, this community actually at this point had a constant crime ranging from robberies, assault, and murder. But bringing anyone to justice wasn't easy because the major majority of the constables were actually untrained, and they were the, usually the criminals themselves. Also, right. it's accurate for the time. Uh, for other reasons, the courts at that time were not handing out what people would think were reasonable punishments. So after moving to the area, the Donnellys decided to settle on land that they didn't, they didn't own. James and his wife and family became squatters. The land was actually owned by the Canadian company and it was leased to a James Grace. It was unknown if James Grace knew that the land was owned by anybody or what they were squatting on it or if um, James uh, Donnelly actually realized it was owned by somebody before he squatted. Squatting, though, at the time was common frontier practice supported by the courts under common property rights. So what he was doing wasn't technically illegal. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a rent scene. They have weird squatter uh, laws now, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, so in 1856, Patrick Farrell bought the land that James Donnelly and his family were squatting on, and he was surprised to find a full family living on the <laughs> land when he arrived from Ireland to take possession. So he, yeah. took, so he took them to court in 1857, and what they decided to do is when he was trying to evict them, but he wasn't successful. So the disputants actually agreed to for James Donnelly and his family to keep and reside on 50 acres of land which was actually half of what Donnelly cleared over the 10 years he was living on the land. So even though they had a good agreement in court, Farrell, every time he would see the Donnellys in the community, would vocally attack them in public. On (sighs) June 27, 1850, Farrell attacked James Donnelly in a public event with a hand spike, because apparently those just lie around all over the place. And he, and he died when Donnelly threw another hand spike, because again, they just lie around everywhere, yeah. at him at self, for self-defense. James Don- oh, yeah. So James Donnelly then hid in the local woods for about two years before turning himself over for trial. James was sentenced to be hanged in 1859, but his wife Joanna then submitted a petition for clemency, and James had his sentence reduced for seven years in Kingston Penitentiary. Now, in case anybody doesn't know about Kingston Pen, it's basically the worst prison that Canada ever had. Which means it's like 500% better than all the prisons in the United States right now. Yes, but at at the time, even for Canada, mm, it's pretty nasty. Nasty. So in in 1873, the Donnelly Stagecoach Line was started by William Donnelly, which is James's son, and was hugely successful. William managed the company with his brothers, Michael, John, and Thomas, and that company very quickly rivaled the official stagecoach line that was in place since 1838. So soon the competition caved under pressure and sold to a gentleman named Patrick Flanagan, who became determined to drive the Donnellys out of business, which set the stage for a feud between Donnelly Stagecoach, Flanagan, and his company, where property was burned, smashed, they were killing horses, they were beating animals, they, no. It gets worse. They Not start. The animals. Yeah, they beat the animals. Then oh. they started burning down stagecoaches. The community at this point, because of, of what the father did, the murder, and as well as this, the community started blaming all the violence on the Donnelly family, which further worsened their reputation in the community. It would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they should just buy their own house. <clears throat> they, they, they should have moved at this point. But (laughs) as tensions built towards the family, community members started getting them charged with many things, including assault, arson, trespassing, verbal assault, attempted murder, theft, robbery, and assaulting a police officer. But (laughs) mentioning what I did before about the court system at the time, the Donnellys were found not guilty in a court of law to all these charges and which made the community hate them even more. Oh, geez. Yep. So in June, do it. yeah, well, yeah, they're they're pissed at this point. So yeah, <laughs> in June 1879, Father John Conley created what was called the Peace Society in the county. And after preaching to his parish about activities occurring and his thoughts of who was responsible, he asked everybody in his church to a pledge allegiance and support by having their homes searched for stolen property. Uh-huh. Out of this, the vigilante committee formed, 
and evidence shows the member of both of these entities were actually the ones responsible for the crimes. So Donnelly's, they decided as a group not to sign the pledge because they feared the community would use this opportunity to hide stolen property in their land and set them up. Yeah, that makes sense. I would. I would too. Yeah. To make matters even worse, James Donnelly, who was out of prison at this time, stood up in a church service to denounce the priests who began to preach hatred against Protestants during services due to their family and their friends were Protestant. He also donated money to the building of an Anglican church, which outraged the society. Yeah, <laughs> Whenever an Anglican church is made, I get pretty Riled outraged. Up. How yeah. dare you give Stop. money to anyone Stop else? With the Ang- is that yeah. an Anglican church I Catholic. see? <laughs> we're we're going to get you. They're sitting there with their pitchforks shaking in the air. <laughs> so on February 3rd, 1880, their anger started to boil over, which is the date that the Peace Society decided to take action. So their original plan, again, it's not that bad in their mind, was to visit the family at home at night, handcuff the male members of the household, then drag them out of their home, tie them, um, hang them from a tree by the neck, mm-hmm. by the neck, until they confessed all their crimes. And they, they did say in a court of law later, it was only to hurt them. Well, you can't confess if you're yes. that was uh, my being hung. strangling. If you have a rope around your neck and your handcuff, my hands are handcuffed behind your back, how do you have an intent just to hurt? Yeah, that's gonna kill you yeah you're not gonna be able to confess much if your throat is completely constricted <laughs> right yeah so, like... <laughs> so the peace society decided to set up a surveillance of the property to determine who's going to be home when and how to enter the property without being detected so right. so on the day of the murders um james and his son went into town to pick up a, a young guy named johnny o'connor who was a relative and he was going to look after the farm the next day when the family went to court on the latest round of charges so at about 1 a.m., the Peace Society got together to start drinking to gain courage before they mounted their attack. When they felt empowered enough with enough booze in their, under their belt, they walked <laughs> down to the, the Donnelly Farm, surrounded the perimeter of the property, and then Constable James Carroll entered the unlocked home and handcuffed sleeping Tom Donnelly. After he oh. cuffed him, Constable Carroll woke up Tom saying he was under arrest, which awoke up his mother, Joanna, and her niece, Bridget, who was visiting from Ireland. The commotion also woke up John Donnelly, who went and asked Constable Carroll what the charges were. Tom then asked um, the constable to read his arrest warrant, and since there wasn't any, the constable then let a signal out to the men outside to storm their house with clubs. Um, Wow. Not golf clubs, just actual caveman clubs. Yeah, no. (laughs) Like a big round piece of wood. Those and hand spikes are laying around all the time. That and rope. Yeah. I mean, we've got some here. Just, yeah, no, I've got my hand spikes yeah. on me all, And I've got times. a club in my purse. Yep, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, the vigilante started beating John, Joanna, and Tom. Bridget was able to escape Oof. and ran upstairs to hide. Johnny, he hid under John Donnelly's bed, but since the men didn't know he was on the property, they didn't go looking for him at all. John <sighs> Donnelly was hit repeatedly in the skull, causing brain damage. Joanna mm. fought really hard against her, her attackers, but eventually was beaten down by Constable. Tom was, Tom was able to break free from his attackers and started running towards the front door. As he was running, he was stabbed multiple times with a pitchfork. Oh, no. shit. No. Pitchfork. Oh. Oh, yeah, that reminds me of Bloodborne a little bit. That sounds brutal. <laughs> oh, it's a, we're not even done yet. They're only on the first house. <laughs> so when Tom became limp on the ground, several of the men carried him into the kitchen where his parents was lying and removed his handcuffs. And just to make sure for good measure, they just hit him a couple times in the head. Just to make sure he's nice and dead. Just in case the pitchfork wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the pitchfork was good, but apparently not. Yeah. (laughs) Usually it's sufficient, but sometimes it's just not. I mean, they can be unreliable. You know, you got to (laughs) calibrate your pitchfork properly. (laughs) So the men then moved upstairs where they found Bridget hiding and beat her to death. They, They then carried her downstairs and put her with the rest of the family. While this was happening... Uh, one of the men decided to decapitate the family dog because the dog wouldn't stop barking. No. What? Okay, that is over the line. Yeah, you know, oh. pitchforking is fine, but that fine line of de- decapitating a dog, no. 
that's I'm just like sensitive so to it. It's like one of my triggers, but I do like actually feel for everyone in this scenario. I would I not like too, to be stabbed with a pitchfork. But fork. animals, like they literally did nothing. But if you think about it, like the really this is very indicative of the times. But if you yeah. if you think about it, it was all about a comp two companies warring against each other and a guy actually standing up to who was considered in the town at the time a town leader who was doing really bad things and being a racist and a bigot. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. truly what this is about. And that's what this brutality happens, yeah. They were that's savage. <laughs> I mean, that's so just savage. Fucked. So yeah. so at this point the group realized they were missing the people that were the ones that ran the stagecoach company. So on the fly they created the second plan to go, go rid the community in its entirety of the Donnelly family. So they lit the house on fire with the bodies inside and went searching for John Donnelly, who was at his house. After they left, Johnny, the guy hiding under the bed, escaped the home and went searching for help. So at about 2 a.m., so this only took about an hour. So at 2 a.m., the Peace Society showed up at Wayland's Corners where John lived and they surrounded his house. But this time, they decided to attempt to get Will Donnelly out. Will and John lived together. Um, instead of storming the home, they, they love beating their animals out there. He started beating Will's prize horse to try to lure him out of the house. But the problem was the barn was too far away from the house for anyone to hear anything. So, so it was beaten for no reason. No reason. God damn it. But the horse lived. horrible. The horse lived. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's but in pain. one thing. But yeah. like a bunch of other like people and critters died. That's horrible. I'm having a heart attack. Oh, so, <laughs> oh we're not even done the second murdering piece yet. Okay, here All we go. Right. So when the, one of the guys decided to go start calling for Will while he carried a shotgun to the side door of the house, Will actually heard somebody calling for him, but it was jo- his brother John that opened the door. He received mm. gunshots to his chest and groin, which caused oh. damage to his chest, lungs, collarbone, and ribs. He, he, and groin. And groin. He fell, <laughs> he, he fell to the ground where he was shot seven more times as what? punishment. Now remember, these, these guns aren't automatic weapons that they have now. So they had to, like, pack it with powder, take their sweet time, then shoot Jesus. them seven times. Yeah, they were considering, it was like, the, every musket. moment. Yeah, a musket. Yeah, <laughs> basically, like, they knew what they were doing. Exactly. Each and every shot meant something. Yeah. Like, that's disgusting. It, yeah. It was punishment for his actions against the community. <laughs> Will Donnelly's wife, Nora, heard the commotion and tried to pull John to safety, but she couldn't move the body. Will hid oh. in the bedroom and was able to look outside to see who was attacking his home. One of the men he saw was Nora's brother. What? Oh, Seriously? It's his brother-in-law. What? Oh, God. Yep. At this oh. point, the peace decided, or the peace society decided they were just getting really worn out from all the murdering, and they, <laughs> and they decided to sit outside <laughs> and survey the perimeter until somebody came out. So three hours after seeing no one coming out or hiding, they decided to leave the property. So the next day, Johnny, Will, and his wife decided to report the actions to the local magistrate, and Constable Carroll, along with five more men, were arrested, even though it was reported 35 men participated. Hmm. Yeah, of course. Of course. At the trial, one of the key witnesses was Johnny O'Connor, who witnessed the massacre. Vigilantes, they did everything to prevent that, uh, him from testifying, including burning down his parents' house and threatening the family. <gasps> Holy oh, shit. Oh, no. William, William Donnelly also testified, and he suffered retaliation from the community also. The defense witnesses were friends and family in the vigilante community who backed the alibis of each person on trial, and due to this, the trial was a hung jury. One of the jurors actually went and stated that he would not convict any of them even if he witnessed the murders himself. Wow. That'll tell you how the Donnellys were liked in the community. That's good justice right there. Yep. Yeah, that's so they went to, disgusting. They went to a second trial. And the judge gave instructions that the, uh, to the jury that Johnny's testimony could not be heard because he believed it was unreliable after Johnny's mother attempted to be paid for her, his testimony after her house was burnt down. Yeah. Constable Carroll and the five men then deter- were determined not guilty. And when this was announced, the community held a party that lasted a full day and night. That's, oh. that's what breaks my heart in this whole story. You're celebrating that they got away with murdering an entire family. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's repulsive. Unacceptable. But today the Donnellys are a well-known piece of folklore as I mentioned before. However, the ha- inhabitants of the town shift have tried to suppress the subject due to many of the residents have ancestors directly involved with the murders. But in recent years, several businesses have actually opened up and start- centered themselves around the tragedy. So, uh, many songs have been written 
And books also have been put out that were, uh, about the subject. And in 2007, NBC actually released a TV series called The Black Donnellys. Two, oh. 2017, a short, a short film was released about the events. You can actually today take a tour of the Donnelly Homestead. And when you do, and now the ghosty part, um, they actually, um, a lot of people report supernatural events on the property. And some of these include the, the road where the vigilantes walk down is supposedly haunted itself. Horses will not go down the road on the night of February 3rd and the morning of February 4th. Yeah, because yeah, they've got they bad were experiences. beaten to death yeah. yeah, they're like, hell no, you ain't touching me. There are ghost horses telling the live horses. They're just like, don't, don't do don't it. Don't do yeah, it. These people hate horses. These people hate. <laughs> but if they do go down that road, they will die soon afterwards. Oh. What? What? Yeah. So don't take your horse down that Don't road. take your horse for a ride down that road. It's also said that horses will not pass across the Donnelly property at all. And lastly, with the horses, uh, people report headless horses galloping throughout the township and live horses throughout the township will go berserk on a regular basis for no cause. What? Well, I think the cause is that they're seeing headless horses. They're traumatized. (laughs) These people are going to beat the crap out of us. And cut our heads off. Right. Well, that was the dog, yeah. Probably dogs aren't fond of the property either. No, the dog is probably like... uh, me too. Or like anyone with like a shred of empathy for people as well. <laughs> Probably yeah. no one likes it. No. Yeah. But on the Donnelly homestead itself, it said things are go missing on a regular basis and are found in unexplainable places. Doors slam by themselves. People usually have a feeling of being watched from the barn. So I'm going to interject here and tell you why the barn. Because people would say, well, the murders happened in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you remember, the house burnt down. The barn right. is actually the original structure of the property. Right. So that's like the last remaining part of it. Exactly. People hear footsteps in the home, though, and experience a feeling of being touched. Individuals Mm. hear screams coming from the barn and voices in the middle of the night. There's also reports of seeing shadow people and ghost figures throughout the property. Now, the interesting thing, the family who purchased the property called a local priest and asked them to bless the property and give Donnelly family last rites. But still, the ghostly activities continue to this day. Oh... I Yikes. liked that story, and I had Me never too. heard of it. Yeah, I had not heard of that. I have heard enough. the term the Black Donnellys. Now you know where it comes but from. But I, I obviously didn't know the story. Maybe I saw, like, the movie somewhere. Like the movie I mean, I've just heard it. Like, it's just one of those famous-sounding names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Black Donnelly specifically, I've heard yeah. that term. Yeah, me too. Like, who would have, you I know, know you, you, yeah. you, you, you hear the story, and it sounds, it, it doesn't even sound real. But no, no, it doesn't. It sounds insane. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was really messed up. Very, very messed up. Oh, thank you for sharing that, though. Yeah, oh my that was gosh. an awesome story. That was a really good story. Except, yeah, except for the dog. Except for the dog and the horses. I know. Well, except for all the death. <laughs> ah. Well, the people too, but. What? I mean, like, I just. They weren't involved in any sometimes. way. Like, I felt bad for Bridget. She was literally not involved in any way. She no. was there yeah. visiting. Johnny wasn't hurt so that's okay but like you know i mean these people didn't like them because of like prejudice though yeah, so, yeah. Like, and none that's of them unacceptable this. they mm-hmm. none of them deserved it but it's just like i just i think it hits me harder when it's animals because they don't they literally can't understand why it's happening exactly whereas yeah. a human it's like horrible children. it's absolutely horrible but they know why like that's why i hate when it's babies too yeah because they don't have any understanding of why this is happening to them. Yeah, yeah i think it's that understanding of why mm-hmm. that exactly. like gets me and if you think about it can you imagine though johnny living his life afterwards they the trauma he actually suffered of what he yeah, viewed that, but it was a massacre and, and his house was burnt down he was threatened by the community afterwards there's no way you can stay oh. there no. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'd have to move. Because have he, to leave. Right, you would have to leave. They're coming after you too. Yeah. Because yeah. they literally walked away and had a party for a day and a half. You would live your life wow. in terror mm-hmm. if you stayed because you'd be like, okay, well, they're going to come club or stab me with a pitchfork. Or- and like Will, yeah. Will, for example, now he finds out his whole family was massacred, but he looked out oh. the window and seen it was his own brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Like that's well, and so then the, tragic. the woman, uh, mm-hmm. Nora, would be like, that's my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's blood. Can you imagine, like, Christmas dinner? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you massacred my entire family. You don't get to carve that turkey. Put the knife yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, all your share of the stuffing. Back off. Like. 
Everybody just takes all the mashed potatoes and stuffing, just the good part. <laughs> yeah. You get to have yeah. the bones. That's it. You yeah. can have the giblets. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you ew, the giblet. Gross. Ew. <laughs> yeah. That's not fitting punishment, but it, it seems like punishment. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it begins but uh yeah i know there are thank pitchforks you that was feature. awesome but yeah thank you and so i like much. how you told the story uh, yeah i try it was so good you did a really good job it was nice and haunting detailed. and murder i had to do something to make yeah. you both happy you know yeah and you know time, how i love murder long time fan had to do it <laughs> thank you it's nice to have a long time fan that's also our secret cousin oh. yes Yes, and I also listen to the podcast you guys suggest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Haunted Ride's on my list. Oh, you should. yeah. She she does have a real nice voice. Yeah, it's a nice voice. She's got uh, guests on there, too. Mm-hmm. From I only listened to, like, a couple episodes, but, um, yeah, guests with more stories, right? So Yeah, so there's, like, a lot that, like, is more detailed. So it's not just even the famous cases, right? You get to hear about people's, like – personal ex- like personal experiences. experiences yeah which yeah. is great yeah no that'd be awesome mm-hmm. yeah. i so, listen yeah. i listen to you guys every day in the gym i listen to one episode every time i do do cardio and i also <laughs> put the tv on at the tv on that's on the elliptical where i put on my 600 pound life as motivation that's um, awesome <laughs> you are not 600 pounds no but no. i don't want to be <laughs> that's it is good motivation mm-hmm. i think it would take work I mean, I, I'm pretty admirable of them that they're actually, like, going to work through this. If I, if I had gotten to that point, I think I'd be just, like, too scared to change. At 600 pounds? Yeah, because, like, I just would be, hard. like, I think it's impo- – like, I would just feel like it was impossible. Yeah, you'd mm-hmm. feel like it was insurmountable. So it's really cool mm-hmm. that people are, like, you know what? I want my life to be a little different, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah, because yeah. that's a huge change for a lot of them. Not only just, like, the, again, a food addiction, but it's, it's their yeah. entire life. Yeah, exactly. And movement, like, would be hard and well, that's everything. What, that's what I'm saying. Like, literally a lot of these people are shut into their homes. Yeah. Right? So oh, that'd be hard. That's why I love watching the show. It's just because of the fact that how, how, how do you change your life if you want to? Yeah, exactly. So it, like, can inspire you to just, like, do what changes you want to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sweet. And we actually got a request from a listener. Yeah, so Ooh. we've got request stuff. Yeah, so this will be fun to tell you, Brenda. Because th- these are, this was an interesting request. They want to know about uh, movie and stage deaths. We're doing movie deaths this time around. Our next episode will cover some stage deaths. But um, yeah, so real live deaths that happened during the filming of movies. Or afterward. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's quite a few. So we covered uh, two, two of the movies. most popular. Yeah, two of the most popular movies. Yeah, and they're both horror movies. And yeah, so like I've got The Exorcist. Yay. And basically, <laughs> yeah, strap in. The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> the Exorcist was a cursed movie. Cursed. Cursed, cursed I tell ya. <laughs> It was. Uh, so The Exorcist, for people who don't know, but most most people probably do, is a horror movie filmed in 1973 based on William Blatty's novel. The story is about a young girl who is possessed by a demon and covered the subject of demonic possession, obviously, and the controversial Catholic ritual of exorcisms because they could be pretty brutal. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were harmed when they were being exercised, and so... A lot of them died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. Harmed. <laughs> and still Harmed. Do. Harmed, to put it mildly. Yeah, still Well, yeah, do. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's been a recent one. Where they were, fairly like, recent. to death mm-hmm. Where she starved to death. That's yeah, because they don't feed you and they hit you. And... Well, she she wouldn't eat. She refused to eat. But normal normally people would bring you to a hospital and they would, like, put a tube down your throat and force you to eat. And I don't remember the name of the girl, and we can maybe cover it in a future episode, but uh, she died of starvation because they didn't take her to the hospital yeah. to force her to eat. Yeah, they were relying on the exorcism alone, which, like, yeah. it's okay if you believe in these things, but, like, but you, you also should have also to combine do it medical. with medical. Yeah, like, yeah. Medical science. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, like, people <clears throat> began to believe the film and the movie itself were cursed by a demon due to some events, which I'm going to get into. 
Uh, first, it is based off a real-life event. The novel was based on a real-life exorcism of a boy known by his pseudonym Roland Doe. The exorcism had to stop when Roland freed himself from his restraints, pulled a bedspring out of his mattress, and slashed a priest's arm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Roland meant business. <laughs> when the novel was written, the family, uh, as for the character to be changed to a, like, they asked for the character to be changed to a girl to protect his identity. And Roland Doe went on to live a normal life. He eventually retired from NASA. Yeah. Really? So, I mean, yeah. a success, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> of sorts. It's wild. <laughs> Uh, shooting was delayed after the set caught fire, destroying what was supposed to be the McNeil family's home. The director blamed blamed it, like actually blamed it, on some winged creature with talons, uh, which turned out that a pigeon had gotten caught in the circuit box. <laughs> so it is a winged <laughs> creature yeah. with talons. It is. Yeah. Just a little smaller than they thought. Yeah, just not as dramatic as not he made it sound. <laughs> yeah, he made it sound like a big deal, but like, he's not lying, technically. <laughs> I, I know so many people like that. It's like something happens, they're like, oh my god, it's a huge winged creature, when they knew it was a pigeon. Yep. A clawed it's beast be. scarred me for life, and really, it was your cat scratching you after a bath. <laughs> yeah, I was mauled. Mauled by a... Lion. By the descendants of tigers. <laughs> <laughs> right like that's totally how, what he did like yeah. yeah so however the bedroom of reagan the little girl being exercised in the movie was completely and oddly unharmed by this fire caused by the pigeon in the box yeah that's that's kind of creepy like um bird box so like that room was <laughs> cursed like it burned down everything except for that room yeah, burned on everything except for the the main character's room. Yeah. yeah. So during filming, actress Ellen Burstyn, who played Reagan's mother, was injured when the possessed Reagan throws her to the ground. The take was used in the film, and the blood-curdling scream is genuine. She still experiences pain from that injury today. Wow. Yeah, I had read about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's just crazy. Like she about. actually was injured, and they decided to use that take because the the scream was so Genuine. good because it was real. Genuine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was a sincere scream. Um, actors Jack McGowan and uh, Vasiliki Mariaros both died in post production, and oddly, their characters died in the film as well. Jack died at 54 years old in January 1973 from influenza after complications from the recent London flu epidemic. Everyone get your shots. Yes. <laughs> Vasiliki died from one. natural causes. Oh, you did? I got Yes. Good. Most mm-hmm. people, I mean, I, I can't say most people. Most good people do. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> people, people who don't want to die of influenza or, or cause kill someone else to other people, yeah, exactly. yeah. So, yeah, like, and people who are older who are vulnerable, like Vasiliki, uh, you know, there's that, or uh, Jack rather. But Vasiliki died from natural causes at age 89. So, so those sense. aren't like creepy deaths, but mm-hmm. it, it is like everybody's kind of dying. Yeah, yeah, pretty soon after. Okay, yeah, everyone related to this movie is dying soon after. Uh, Linda Blair's grandfather and Max von Sydow's brother died on Max's first day of shooting. The son of Jason Miller, who played Father Damien Carras, was nearly killed when a motorcycle hit him. It's really bad luck to be on this movie. Yeah. I hope they got paid well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably all like, you know, I would have taken a pay cut if, like, everyone would stop dying, but I don't know. Stop the money. We need the extra money, you know, for medical, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they probably needed the money they made from the film for all they the need funeral some danger costs. Pay. <laughs> yeah. So, and here's another one. In 1987, actress Mercedes McCambridge, who played d- the demonic voice of Pazuzu, was the victim of a horrific <laughs> tragedy when her son murdered his wife and children by shooting before shooting himself. And in his suicide note, he blamed Mercedes. Wow. He shot him, right? He <laughs> yeah. shot himself with two pistols simultaneously placed on either side of his head. Wow, that was serious. That's overkill. But, yeah, I mean, weird? it worked. So, really. yeah, like one pistol. About it, really. 
right? Like, one pistol would have been enough. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not. Watch out. The cord keeps moving. Oh, don't worry. It's fine. Okay. Good. Yeah, we're always paranoid by our cord popping out from my microphone because it's like a fussy little beast. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. We need a new microphone. <laughs> Two. Actually, yep. would be nice. We're uh, working on it. All right, so Andrea has a tale to I share, have Brenda. The oh. movie Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. Like that movie. So, yes, me too. Um, these deaths kind of cover both Polter- Poltergeist and Poltergeist 2. So, Polter. Polter- I can't say it. Poltergeist. Pol- I don't know why I keep putting an I'll extra S in there. I'll just dub you with my voice. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> Every time she says it, it's yeah. just my voice it's dubbed just over. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes back to me. La la la. Okay. Poltergeist. Uh, <laughs> Poltergeist. Uh, so it was filmed. Mm-hmm. The first one was filmed in 1982, and the second one was filmed in 1986. It follows the Freeling family. Um, they were assaulted by a collection of evil spirits disturbed by their home because the home was built on an old cemetery. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So, um, and the skeletons used in the iconic pool scene in the movie were real. Really? Skeletons, real yeah. human remains. I didn't know yeah, that. they were. Ew. Yeah. Where did, um, where did they get them? I think they they maybe were just, just on the property them. or something. Yeah, I was like, a, did you just rent know. real skeletons or something? <laughs> From the I think it was actually cheaper shop. than Uh-oh. buying a bunch of fake skeletons. You just yeah, put an ad and paper. that's why they did it. Anyone has a skeleton yeah. willing to pay? <laughs> Please just send it to me. Hey, anyone who's a serial killer, don't worry, I won't out you. Just give me your skeletons. <laughs> just give me the remains. Not yeah. all the remains, just some of the remains. Just the skeletons. They'll be You famous. have to take the flesh off first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in the flesh removing business myself. So. No, no. <laughs> so uh, one death, Dominique Dunn. This yeah. one's pretty well known. Basically, she met this guy named John Sweetie, and they started dating, and they moved in together. Um, but then he became became too possessive and jealous, and physically abusive. He would yank handfuls of her hair out and strangle her and do crap like that. Her friend at one point had run into... What? Charmer. He's very charming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in love already just reading this. Uh, Her friend was staying at them at one point, and he ran into the room while Sweeney was strangling Dominique. And Dominique was like, oh, he tried to kill me. (laughs) Uh, But Sweeney denied it. Yeah, Sweeney denied it and talked her into coming back to bed. And she pretended to comply, but then she sneaked out of the window. So when Sweeney heard her start her car, he ran out and jumped on the car's hood. And, yeah, so she, like, stopped long enough for him to get off the hood, but she drove off. And she went to stay with her mother and, like, homes of friends for the next few days. Mm -hmm. But on um, October 30th, 1982, she was at home rehearsing for the miniseries V with an actor named David Packer. I remember that. Yeah, she didn't get to be in it because, because, yeah. yeah. Um, So Sweeney showed up, um, like, wanting to try to get back together, and she finally agreed to speak with him on the porch. They were arguing, and Packer was inside, and he heard smacking sounds, two screams, and a thud. And he called the police, but was told by the police that uh, Dominique's house was out of their jurisdiction. What? So we can't stop. Somebody from being killed if it's not in our neighborhood. Uh, wait, wait, where do they live? Oh, that's like a block further than we're willing to go. So Yeah, I think yes. it's on planet Earth. Right? You should probably just try. Couldn't somebody just maybe <laughs> drive the extra block? Maybe? Yes. Yeah, like, come on. Wow. Yeah. Who is in the jurisdiction then? They should have hooked them up at least immediately if they weren't willing to do it. Although they should have just done it. They're... Ugh. Yeah. That's just disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, basically, they, okay, so uh, Sweeney, basically, uh, Sweeney then phoned a friend, and he was like, if I die, it was Sweeney. So, Packer left out the back entrance and approached the driveway, and he saw Sweeney kneeling over Dominique, and Sweeney told Packer to call the police. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so basically, Dominique was put on life support. She never regained consciousness, and then she was removed from life support on November 4th, 1982, 19 days before her 23rd birthday. Oh, goodness. Wow. Oh, no. She was so young, too. Yeah. It's really sad because she, like, had 
yeah, everything going for her. Yeah. Another death. Heather O'Rourke. Um, a lot of people know about this one too. Mm-hmm. She played Carol Ann. Uh, she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease earlier in life, but it turned out she actually had a bowel obstruction that caused septic shock. Oh. Her symptoms were misattributed to the flu and were not treated, and she died in 1988 at 12 years old as the obstruction released toxins into her bloodstream. Oh, was she the kid? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was the kid in it. That's not uh, a way to a go. A sweet blonde girl, no, I think. No, that's not a way to go. Wow. Yeah, she would, she would have been the sweet little blonde girl in the movie. Yeah. That's wild. I... You know, I'd heard about deaths on this, but I didn't know it was her. Yeah, she, hers is one of, yeah. Like, I mean, she and Dominique are obviously probably the two most famous deaths. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, because they actually, I don't know. They were they big just characters. Seem really, and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another actor, Richard Lawson. Mm-hmm. He's still alive and well, but in 1992, he boarded flight 405 to Cleveland. Passengers reported feeling uneasy before the flight, and so was he, So, and he ended up being bumped to first class. Mm. And the plane crashed into the bay after a failed takeoff. Ooh. 51 people were, strap- were trapped in their seats, and 27 of them died, including someone in the row that Lawson had originally been in before he was bumped to first class. Wow. Whoa. So he just barely missed that. Yeah, wow. so he could have been killed. Oh, geez, that's like, so unfair been in to that the person seat, who who's there, too. Wow. I know. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, uh, wealth actually does directly correspond to survival, yeah. as it turns out. The reason he was bumped up was because somebody recognized him. Yeah. Like, one of the plane attendants. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's appreciative, at least, but, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then there's Lou Perryman. He played a construction worker, so he wasn't in a lead role in the movies. Um, but in 2009, this guy named Seth Christopher Tatum, who was on the run from the cops, entered Perryman's home and attacked him with an axe because he said he needed uh, Perryman's car and some other stuff from his house. Right. Of course. Yeah. Why do you just walk around carrying an axe? I don't right? know. <laughs> Is that just who he was? Like, those things are hard to hide, right? I don't even know why he was on the run from the cops. There goes Axe Man Joe. Maybe he down just previously murdered somebody. Axe. I don't know. Wow. Right? Like, that is what that seems like. Like, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I mean. Maybe that's just who he was. I do have that club in my purse, and you've got your hand spikes. Yes. Yeah, no. Well, maybe it's not that far out. Well, hand spikes <laughs> just lie around everywhere, so. That's true. They are just all over the ground. Yeah, wherever I've we go. Picked up at least five dozen just by walking around. <laughs> yeah. It is spring cleanup after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Clean up your hand spikes. Exactly. So, Oliver Robbins. He was attacked by a mechanical clown. <laughs> no! Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I do respect the, the, the dead, but damn! I think he was young, a, too. Um, that was a shit way like, I think he might have been a kid. I didn't check, but Ooh. I think it was the second one. I'm not sure. Right, because uh, they basically, had the clown thing. Yeah, they had the clown thing, and it malfunctioned and choked him. <laughs> and everybody thought he was acting, because, of course, he's supposed to be, like, choking and sputtering. But then they realized that he wasn't acting when he started turning blue. Oh, <laughs> and he survived. So, oh, I mean, wow. like, somebody, they did intervene, but, you know, they took their time because they were like, oh, that's such good acting, Oliver. <laughs> you should win an Oscar. All the Oscars. So does Oliver have a fear of clowns now? We should ask him. Yes. He's like, yeah. I have a fear of mechanics. And <laughs> I don't like... Cars or clowns? <laughs> clowns yeah. bad. Clowns Clown bad. cars are the worst. And clown cars would be the worst for mm-hmm. Oliver. Uh, and then there's Will Sampson. He died after the film's release. He had scleroderma, which caused rapid weight loss and malnourishment. Uh, so he ended up having a heart and lung transplant, and he died after the surgery. Ooh. He... Wow was an interesting person. He would actually perform exorcisms on set to clear the bad energy. And it would actually, people would say that they felt better after these exorcisms. Oh, that's and awesome. And he would do it like regularly just oh. to like make everybody, you know, feel make, safe. Yeah. See, at work, I started cake day just because I wanted cake. So yes, cake. I guess I should have started exorcism day. You should have. <laughs> um, you can have but exorcism and cake day. A lot of our coworkers would have suddenly disappeared. Great. Right? I should have thought of this earlier. 
Yeah, yes. a lot of them are demons, and, uh, yeah. you know, if you do an exorcism, they might get caught in the crossfire, and they're like, oh, frick, I'm a demon. <laughs> Who are the men with the cake? You just hear them screaming, and then you go in, and you're like... Well, there goes old Hello? Jessica <laughs> from yeah. 2A. Like, yeah. Hey, see, that wasn't even a one of our coworkers' names, so that's good. I tried very hard to make it not... Yeah. Not possible. <laughs> I don't actually know if your coworkers so that I wasn't know. a reference. It was a lucky Yeah, it was a lucky uh, of, Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. You're welcome, Alberta Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome organization from Alberta. New yeah. York. Um and then there's Julian Beck. He was battling stomach stomach cancer throughout the filming of the second film. Um and he played the evil preacher Kane and he died of his cancer. Uh-huh. It's anticlimactic, I know. So that. basically, like, there's a lot of natural deaths, but, like, everyone yeah. was dying. Everybody yeah. was dying, yeah. Like, a lot of people. I guess, I mean, they wouldn't point it out unless it was unusual for this many people to die. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing that's, I mean. Well, the set of Back to the Future had some issues that way, too. Really? Yeah. Like, it seems yeah. like a lot of, t- sometimes these film sets are cursed. Yeah, several people from the set of Back to the Future said that they felt off on set, and, like, a lot of them have parkinson's they like developed parkinson's so they're thinking there was like some sort of weird chemical yeah Yeah. that could be true actually yeah Mm. like isn't that weird and back to the future isn't even a horror movie so it doesn't make sense but like yeah (laughs) yeah we'll have to cover that yeah yeah we'll spread them out like when we cover movies and stuff yeah um but we will eventually get to all of these things oh yeah it's gonna be fun but like it's going to be fun to dive into and really, like, maybe kind of get to the bottom of, like, you know, things like uh, bad acting conditions for actors are important mm-hmm. to me especially. Like, yeah. They're not, like, super horror-based, uh, but there could be, no, like, some but stuff but they're like important, that. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they are terrifying, and it's also, like, actors were treated really badly and often still are, and it's yeah. good to kind of point that out. But, um, yeah, so thank you for coming on our show. Yes, thank you. That was fun. I loved that story. We should finish briefly with all our fears because we didn't do that. Oh, yeah, we didn't do our fears. I have so many fears. We could be here all day. All day. Excellent. Excellent. All right, which one are you the most afraid of this week? Sit down and get comfortable. (laughs) Brenda's going to tell us. So what do you want to know? My rational fear, my irrational fear, or my just what I'm scared of today? Which would you prefer? It doesn't matter. Let's do irrational. Um, Let's do irrational. So when I was three, about three, um, I went, uh, my dad was outside with my uncle. They were fixing a piece of farm equipment. So I'm walking through this little wooded area to go and see what they're doing because I was three. I wanted to snoop. I heard squeak, 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 and something fell into my hair. So no. now if you've seen my hair, you would totally understand why this is even worse than it is. Because if something's falling in this rat nest, it ain't getting out. So well, it felt like no. curls, yeah. Well, whatever it was, was biting me and cutting me. I was, no. I, I, I lost my mind. And so I started running towards my dad and my uncle, who actually was trying to get me to help me. But of course, all they could see was, bleh, 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 and fine, yeah. right? So they tackled me. And they had to, <laughs> this is going to get gross, kill it to get it out. No, ew. And so it was did they bash a, it? It was a bat. Oh. What? I was expecting mouse. It was yeah, I thought it was going to be a rat. I so bats. here's the backstory of it. What my parents didn't know at the time is I was sneaking down the stairwell after I went to bed to go and watch all the shows that I wasn't supposed to watch that they were watching. And one <laughs> of them was reruns of Dark Shadows. So, oh, which was a whole, one of the first horror slash soap operas. So what I, oh. so what I learned by this, watching this show at three years old was apparently vampires just randomly, ram, like just go around attacking people and how they do that is they turn into a bat and then they fly into your room and kill you while you sleep. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So when it was a bat and it landed, as soon as it landed in my hair, I knew it was bad. And I thought in my three-year-old brain that it was a vampire you know attacking me trying to murder me so yeah, that's why you. i lost it so bad so of course they had to bring me to the hospital and give me an inappropriate shots and you know like stitch up my head and all this stuff because it was biting me and cutting me yeah, yeah. you would need rabies shots exactly yeah, you need the love shots yeah oh, wow. so fast forward like a week um yeah. i was at home with my wrapped up bandaged three-year-old head and my mom was washing windows so when she was washing windows she was taking the windows out and then washing them 
And what happens? Bat flies through the window. Kid you not. Bat Where flies are through these the bats have, coming from? Apparently that's just, you know, North Leeds or Alberta. So bat flies through the window, lands in front of me. I'm thinking this is the second vampire attack. Lose my mind. Yes. My mom, trying again. Well, exactly. So my mom being my mom, you know, she grabs a pillow, like a throw pillow, puts it on top, the bat steps on it. Back done. Oh. But I was hysterical yeah. at this point. So I have now a fear of oh. bats because you never know. Those things, they, they're not clean. And uh, I do now recognize that it's probably not a vampire, but... <laughs> you never know. You probably. never know. Like... And, but, Our last episode, it's safer to assume vampire than not. True enough. Yeah. <laughs> but funny enough, to this day, I can't sleep unless the blankets are up to my top of my neck. <laughs> you know? Uh, really? Yeah, yeah that's true. Like that and too. so I was talking to my brother and sister a couple years ago, and that's when they admitted the same fear. They oh. all sleep, we all sleep with the blankets around our neck with the feet exposed. Because vampires don't like feet, so we're fine. Oh, okay. That's really funny. Um, so Quentin Tarantino is not a vampire. Good. You should be afraid of the boogeyman, though, because everybody knows that he grabs you by the ankle. <gasps> I never thought of that. Yeah. I just hide all of my body under the blankets because I'm like, I something's going to get me. Yeah, honey. I'm always like, I don't know, but it's going to be something. All I, I know. about hands. My it's usually my cat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, I feel Bad for that poor bat. Yeah. Like, I do too. Uh, hey. I'm glad that you did not get rabies and die. Because <laughs> that's what, always a concern, right? Like with a wild yeah. animal. Yeah. yeah Especially like, oh, yeah. a bat. Ew. Yeah. They're, they're, they're dirty. They carry a lot of disease. They do. And Luckily, there are shots that just fix it. Fix it, thankfully. And if you get And my partner, what he says all the time is he doesn't understand that fear because, you know, bats are good, they eat bugs. And my response to him, there's other shit out there that eat bugs. We don't well, need yeah. the bats. No, we need bats for sure, I but like, we don't need them in our hair. I think they're cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we definitely don't need them in our hair biting us. No. Uh, yeah, we need them out, not in our hair, eating eating mosquitoes, the bugs, and keeping the ecosystem great, but like not being on us in any capacity. Or near me. Yeah. Or near Brenda. Especially not near near <laughs> Ghostbuster Brenda. Especially my hair, because that poor bat didn't have a chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what the bat was panicking, too. He probably yeah. thought he'd gotten, like, tangled in some sort of horrible, like, web and was Trap. like, oh, I'm yeah. going to die. I'm going to suffocate. Gonna be eaten. And that's why they're biting. And, like, yeah, yeah exactly. they panic. Like, he was scared, obviously. I, yeah. As an adult, I recognize that as a child, though, I was pretty sure that I was oh, going to yeah. be murdered by a vampire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. At three years old, that's what you're going to think mm-hmm. if you've heard of vampires. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Yeah, so I'm glad you were not murdered by a bat and or vampire. Well, me too. I am too. <laughs> I mean, you could have ended up as a vampire and then maybe you'd be like Yeah, maybe they were just trying to turn you. It and, is like, interesting. Well, it depends on the vampire you're watching. Some of them sparkle, some of them kind of look decomposed. So, yeah. I mean, they can all sparkle if they apply body glitter, so. That's true. I have some of that. We're good. Yes, see? <laughs> Nailed it. Mm-hmm. They almost had you. I'm afraid of ya. spiders. Well, yeah, ew. Vampire spiders. <laughs> Not vampire spiders, all spiders. You turn Including into a spider when spiders. they bite you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd probably turn to, like, Spider-Man. That'd be great. Ooh. All the spiders are coming back because it's warmed up. I seen yeah. one yesterday. What? I seen a spider uh, yesterday. It, oh. it looked at me with its little beady eyes. It's like, where's Andrea's house? Yeah, see? <laughs> I knew it. They're asking for directions. Yeah, can yeah they were. Here? He's like, I'm a little lost, but I'm trying to find this uh, this girl. And uh, she looks like <laughs> this. He like whips her. out a picture from his spider pocket. Yeah, it's and it's a, like a of me. just her. She looks delicious where she is. It's a candid shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Do you have what any. What are you uh, afraid of, Ren? You, oh shoot! Yeah, you started this whole thing, and then that's you... <laughs> right. I am afraid of. Hmm. I'm afraid. Dang, I'm afraid of so many. Why is this always hard for me? Well, now that the weather's warming up, up, are you afraid of wasps? Mold? Wasps. Okay, oh, they're mean. Yeah, I mean that's actually yeah. a rational fear. Yeah, no, that's a, my rational fear. My irrational fear is being choked by a mechanical clown. That is, <laughs> although that, that's you and rational Oliver. too, and apparently, but um. Yeah, no, wasps. I saw one the other day and I was like yesterday and I was like, what? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yeah. How'd they breed so fast? It's too I early. Know. <laughs> it is. Right? I don't understand how they came to this spider had already built a web. Oh. 
and it was the day after it was cold. So he literally came to life and built a whole web in like a matter of eight hours. Yeah, how do they do that? That's called efficiency. I don't like it. <laughs> he's, he's just gone to like a lot of caffeine. They can just relax for a little bit. I'm an OCD yeah. spider. I just got to get this stuff done. I got to get it done. I got to get it done. <laughs> he's like smoking crystal meth. and <laughs> Yeah, apparently do the meth I can do it. Well. I can do it. I can do it. Do it. Do it. Believe in yourself, little meth spider. <laughs> little spider that could. The little spider that could smoke meth. <laughs> yeah, no. Just little puffs. A tiny little pipe. Oh, yeah, Aww. that's actually cute, cute in a horrible way. Cute. In cute the most in a weird dreadful way. way possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank so you. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Two Scared Siblings and on Twitter as Two Scared Sibs. Email us at two scared siblings at gmail.com with your own weird stories about spiders and wasps and all things horrible, including mechanical clowns. And, and visit our YouTube channel because more stuff bats. is coming out on there. And also, what am I? I'm Andrea Noel 3 or something on I can't Twitter. answer that question for you, Andrea. It's very existential. Yeah. <laughs> A-N-D-R-E-A-N-O-E-L-L-E 3 on Twitter, I believe. And then what are you, Ren? I am Toy Carousels. If you want to follow our personal accounts. Yeah, mine has a lot of pol- political stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm like that. So, like, you'll find out if you follow me. But you should, because I'm cool. All right. All right. Thanks that. again, Secret Cousin Ghostbuster. It was yeah, so and- fun. It's so much great to have you. You have to give um, you have to kiss everybody. Yeah, we all got to give a kiss at the same time. Uh, yeah, or we can stagger it. You know. (laughs) Yeah, we're countdown to the kissing. Yes, countdown till you are smooched, audience. (laughs) Three, two, one. Ah.